G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, all of the things that are developing around the world as a result of coronavirus, you might imagine that there are those who will be thinking about what happens in the world today and does some of the scripture that we've been looking at now for decades and some will say centuries regarding the end times, whether there are connections. Well, interestingly, Bill Muhlenberg, Christian cultural commentator, has been reflecting on Revelation chapter 13 in this past few days. Bill's back with us. Bill, welcome back to 2020. Great to be back, Neil. Bill, this is a passage out of the book of Revelation that you're reflecting on this week, and it's that very controversial one that talks about the rising of two beasts, one of them a false prophet, and the other we know as the Antichrist, who has a number 666. How do we look at the book of Revelation here? Because people interpret things sometimes a little differently. What are your thoughts here? Well, I've got a few uh, particular passages in mind from that chapter, the whole thing about the mark of the beast, whatever that means, but uh, specifically the idea that you cannot buy or sell without it. So the reason for the peace is simply what we, well, are now experiencing all the time in a corona world. More and more uh, governments and businesses are basically saying if you don't have a corona passport or papers, uh, proof that you've either been vaccinated or at least just recently tested, uh, you cannot get all kinds of goods and services. Many are saying education, uh, working in various places, going into shops, even going to movies and so on, going on to trains. So. We've seen case after case of this for the past year, and in my new piece, I look at France and some of the proposals they're making along these lines, and well, it seems anybody who is aware of something like uh, Revelation 13, you have to at least ask questions, gee, is there any connection here? Obviously, there are major different interpretive schools when it comes to the book of Revelation that's full of symbolism and imagery and metaphorical language. So certainly great care is needed at all times with the whole book uh, being a quite a unique book in many ways. Uh, so certainly I can't make any definitive statements or connections here. All I can do is raise questions, as I think many Christians would. Is there this connection between not being able to buy and sell and what we see so many governments moving in the direction of when it comes to vaccination, uh, passports, mandatory shots, and so on. Uh, is there, you know, is there something to this? 
You say there are some nations that are more down the track than perhaps we are in Australia, although we may be heading in that direction, but you do single out France and uh, the President Emmanuel Macron and some of the regulations that he's made there look very much like those issues out of Revelation 13. Well, they certainly do. Uh, France is not alone in this. I've written of many other countries, many other businesses, corporations in the past who have done just the same. So France was just the most recent, and his all rather draconian announcement about just what services and goods and businesses would be off limits for people if they don't have a vaccination. So uh, it's it's you know it's getting a big concern. Of course, the whole line is well, this is all for your own good. It's for your safety. We got to save grandma and all the rest. Uh, well, that can be a Debatable point, just how, you know, that whole issue of how effective these particular treatments are and why governments are often banning or making illegal other treatments and might even seem to be more effective. But the real point, as we've often discussed, governments love control. They love power and they love a crisis. They love an emergency because it's a great excuse to take even more power, more control, and often turn it into a permanent state of affairs, exactly what we have here in Victoria, Dan Andrews wanting to have a permanent state of emergency, never stops. So we read in history about dictators for life, and you wonder, gee, is there a connection here as well, just with past uh, tyrannies and dictatorships, and many today are talking about a well, health dictatorship, uh, you know, all these uh, often unelected, unaccountable health bureaucrats who are often seems to be making things up as they go along, but putting us into really heavy-handed lockdowns, mandatory this, mandatory that. Again, you just, uh, we can at least think out loud. What does Revelation 13 perhaps say to all of this? I guess if you use France as the example and you say that there are similar things that are happening and growing here in Australia, the idea that coercion can happen either with hard and fast rules uh, or there could be this idea of, no, no, it's not compulsory, but you can't do these good things you want to do unless you obey the laws of the land. What are your thoughts around the idea that coercion comes in various ways? Yeah, well, we've chatted about this before. In fact, in my piece, quoting from Macron, he says, quote, uh, this will not be immediately obligatory. Uh, well, you know, he goes on to tell you all the things you have to uh, have these uh, kind of vaccine passports and papers if you want to get even the most elementary of goods and services. So already it is mandatory. And when he says not immediately, well, what does that mean? You know, it could be tomorrow. It will be 100% mandatory. It will be 100% compulsory. So, uh, again, politicians are not exactly the first sort of folks you want to trust in these kind of scenarios. But yeah, it's well, it's it can be either carrot or stick, as we've discussed before. You can uh, many states already are doing this, uh, saying if you get the vaccine, you can have all these privileges and rights and benefits that your average Joe cannot have 
those for whatever reason may be cautious about the vaccines for the Rona, uh, they won't have the same freedoms and benefits they do do, whether it's to travel, to do this, to do that. And as I said in an earlier piece, those who should know better, uh, conservative types who always are cautious about big brother statism, uh, one gal on Sky News, many know of, who's been very good at uh, holding Dan Andrews to account, Peter Credlin. She had a piece in the Herald Sun just the other day, uh, the title of which said, if we want to have our freedoms, right, we got to go with the vaccine. Um, and, uh, well, again, it's a carrot approach, which means for there's a stick. That is, if you want freedom to do all kinds of things, you have to have the vaccine. And again, those who don't get it don't get those freedoms. So uh, however we look at this, there is a mandatory aspect. It's, it is creating a two-tiered society. There are a second-class set of citizens, again, maybe for good reasons indeed, are cautious about things like mandatory vaccinations, and, uh, well, the way things are going, they will be deprived of all sorts of, uh, well, even basics, uh, including buying and selling, attending things, going to shops, and so on. So, once again, the mind <laughs> reverts back. Revelation 13. Hmm, is this, you know, is there a connection? And, of course, when we see biblical prophecy being fulfilled, it is a warning light. It is a pointer in a direction that takes us back to God's intention, his purpose for humanity, and that might lead us back to thinking about the cross and about repentance and about a plan of salvation. But in the immediate here and now, Bill, if, as you say, this may be a fulfilment of things that are spoken of in prophecy from Revelation chapter 13. What do you think the Christian response is? How do we think about these sorts of things that we're seeing right before our eyes? Yes, well, whether we do see a specific literal fulfillment or whether it's more a, a kind of a general principle, uh, that at least is something all Christians can latch on to. Uh, I guess the general point of something like Revelation 13 is, you know, there's always a war between good and evil, between God and Satan. Uh, and just as there's so many counterfeits, uh, well, the mark on the forehead and the right hand, uh, we also read in Scripture of, you know, God's ownership marks, if you will. Again, in this case, probably not a literal, you know, kind of tattoo type thing. But we read in various places of God, his people, and having the kind of mark of ownership. So that's the bigger picture item we can take away. Uh, you know, who do we belong to? Who is our real Lord? Is it uh, the one true living God, or is it Satan in all of his ways, including what could be big business and the corporate world? Uh, you know, you read about Babylon has fallen also in Revelation talk about merchants and those who trade and those who make money. So there seems to be a big connection to some extent, at least generically speaking again, uh, to this idea of buying and selling, uh, those who make money by selling goods or services. So again, the Christian at the end of the day has to say, will loyalty to Christ mean uh, 
at least in this world, a sense of being deprived of certain things, of being discriminated against, being persecuted. And that could include, you know, basic things, buying and selling. So, again, I'm not saying we should all head to the hills, but we know that many Christians have, certainly in America and elsewhere, you know, they are quite literally heading to the hills, having their own little self-sufficient communities or farms or veggie gardens or whatever, thinking uh, the way things are going, uh, we can't trust the state to allow us to have the same freedoms we've always enjoyed. So whether we move in that direction, again, it's, you know, we we pray, we trust God, but uh, yeah, days are coming perhaps where more and more those who are faithful Christians will find more and more uh, freedoms perhaps being whittled away, and uh, it's something we all have to think about. As you say, Bill, the extreme reaction may be to think of a fulfillment of Revelation 13 and become a doomsday prepper, but it would appear to be that the Christian who doesn't stand up and speak out uh, may be the person more inclined to do that. But in the meantime, while we might judge and hopefully rightly that we're not there yet, that Christians might have a voice uh, to speak some sense into the circumstance. Uh, what are your thoughts here for Christians being loud and clear with their faith and uh, taking opportunity here that comes because you recognise the times are getting darker? Yeah, well, two things come to mind. One is I certainly have been trying to do for quite a long time, many others as well. We have to sound the alarm. We have to be the watchman on the wall. We have to say, wait a minute. Uh, governments are maybe getting a little bit too heavy-handed here. They're getting too uh, addicted to their own wealth and power and their ability to just lock entire states and nations down at a snap of a finger. So I think that is one thing we all have to do. We have to be aware. We have to be alert. Uh, just the closure of churches and the great restrictions on churches should be one practical uh, aspect of all this. But the other, I guess, bigger point I would make is simply remember what the overall theme of the book of Revelation is. Sure, it's got these all these things like, you know, Mark of the Beast and persecution and so on, but as probably all of the commentators and theologians will say the overall theme is the lamb wins, right? In fact, a lot of the commentaries will have titles just like that. The lamb wins, uh, uh, Christ conquers, God wins in the end. And that really is the overriding theme. Yes, for a while, the enemies of God, whatever form that takes, and elsewhere, Scripture speaks of antichrists, in the plural, so right, it may be more than one, however we understand all that, they have a temporary and a limited uh, place to play. Sure, they can cause a lot of harm, a lot of damage, and we may end up being, uh, you know, struggling just to stay alive, to get basic foods and goods and services if we don't go along with everything the state demands. But it's limited, it's temporary, and God allows it. But at the end of the day, God does win. Every enemy of God will be put down, as the book of Revelation makes clear. So I guess while we may rightly be concerned about some of these immediate issues right now, we have to always keep in mind the bigger picture. We do win because Christ wins in the end. 
As we'll often say, it's called the book of Revelation because it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And therefore, we would even include that as part of good news. But the call for some levels of resilience and awareness might be something we take note of. Let me point people to one of the latest articles from Bill Muhlenberg. It's called Revelation 13, Are We There Yet?, You'll be able to access that article when you go to billmuhlenberg.com or simply Google Culture Watch, one word. Bill, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.